Welcome to Technovasion. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Amir Kazmi. Amir is the Chief Information and Digital Officer of Westrock, an $18 billion revenue company that's a global leader in differentiated, sustainable, fiber-based packaging solutions to a diverse array of customers. Amir has been the CEO of a startup, Cuprion. He's also led commercial product development, IT transformation, and P&L portfolio analytics at Lockheed Martin. Moreover, he's served on multiple boards, including Sight Machine, Emory University, and the Girl Scouts. Amir has a wealth of experiences that he brings to his current post and looking forward to hearing all about it. Uh, Amir, welcome. Great to see you. Peter, it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. But first, a word from our sponsor, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Connecting physical chain, which is movement of goods, with digital chain, which is movement of information, to the finance chain, which is movement of money, provides enterprises with insights to apply in marketing, sourcing, selling, distribution, and payments. Getting the right alerts and information to the right person at the right time, especially ahead of your competition, can result in a win. Learn more about how to connect, automate, and orchestrate your apps at zoho.com flow. And now on to the interview. Well, Amir, uh, for, for those who may be less familiar with Westrock's business, I, I mentioned a, in brief uh, an overview as to the size and, and the areas in which you play, but maybe uh, you can take a moment and add a little more context, please. Happy to do it. And again, thanks for having me. I think you've covered uh, key areas of our business, Peter. So Westrock, we're a global leader in packaging. So fiber-based packaging, and I think that's important to point out. Uh, we're Fortune 200, as you mentioned, we do about 18 billion in revenue. The other thing that's worth pointing out is, you know, it's a company that's distributed globally with 50,000 teammates, supporting over 30 countries. Uh, we have over 300 operating locations around the world. But let's talk about what we do, which is really paper packaging, packaging solutions to a wide variety of end markets. So think about beverage, think about e-commerce, food, food service, healthcare, and I can go on. In many places, Peter, we have the privilege of being number one and number two in positions where we participate. And we also, you know, you touched on this briefly, but we serve our customers proudly with innovative packaging designs and also machinery solutions. So in addition to the packaging, we also have machinery solutions. And frankly, uh, we have the privilege of supporting many of the largest global brands around the world. Excellent. And I mentioned at the top that you're you're the chief information and digital officer of the company. Talk a bit about the two sides of your title. What does so what is within your purview, please? Peter, so the way that we approach it is it's all about the key stakeholders and their experiences. Right. So the four experiences that we think about really are the customer experience, the employee experience, the operations experience and our packaging slash product experience. So think of the solutions around the product itself. Let me give you a few examples. So when you think of customer experience, is about how our customers engage with us and also how we engage with them. So it's about the experience in terms of the need to be seamless, right? I mean, that is critical to them. We're focused on e-commerce channels and frankly, meeting our customers on the channel of their choice. And so we serve multiple channels including digital channel. Um, the second experience that I think is worth talking about is operations and employee experience. 
And one thing I'll point out is, you know, we've grown through, and Peter, from our prior conversations, through several large acquisitions, including two multi-billion dollar public company acquisitions. So we are on a process to standardize, digitize our supply chain as an example, and order management processes to simplify and scale the business in a secure way. But that operations and employee experience is accelerated by doing what I just talked about. And frankly, you know, obviously enhancing our cybersecurity resiliency. The other area I'm excited about is digital manufacturing within the operations experience. So we're accelerating our focus here and actively deploying predictive analytics you know, on the factory floor. So machine learning helps us determine and recommend ideal parameters to not only build the product, but also where it should be built across our network of factories. And we're continuing to deploy machine learning and AI capabilities across our company. The other experience, Peter, would be the solutions experience. I touched on this briefly. So this is seamless experiences on our product and the solutions around the products. So we talked about digital sales channel that improve our customer's experience, but we also invest in digital business models to provide a unique experience to our customers on the package itself. So an example, smart connected packaging solutions that enable our customers and oftentimes, Peter, some of the largest brands so that they can connect with the end consumer more effectively. And I think as we continue our discussion, I'll provide some additional examples there. I would love to. It's a, been a very interesting thing to hear about the revenue and digital channels and how they have grown substantially under your watch. Uh, do, do, if you would, to, to talk a little bit more about some of the methods you've used and examples that have led to, to uh, double-digit growth of, of those uh, digital channels. Yeah, thanks, Peter. So we see our revenue as part of a larger picture. Uh, our company overall is very forward-thinking when it comes to digital. And it's part of the overall landscape. And frankly, our new leader, David Sewell, is an advocate. And I'm incredibly excited about the vision moving forward and the critical role of digital. We believe that we will continue to differentiate in the marketplace as we accelerate these capabilities. And we'll talk about some examples here. I also want to point out that I think the magic actually happens, Peter, at the intersection of digital capabilities and other key focus areas. And let me give you an example or two, so sustainability and material science innovation. And so we are very focused on sustainability. We're a fiber-based company, and we're really focused on you know, having our products over time be fully recyclable. And so none of this you know, is possible at the end of the day without an amazingly diverse and inclusive team. So what I'm frankly most proud of is the privilege of working with an amazing team. But to get to your question, the revenue through our digital channel has increased over the past few years. And we've seen an acceleration through COVID as well, Peter. And we do about, you know, over $300 million of business there. And as I mentioned, it's part of our business. And it's some, of, some of the channel is it's really channel shifting. Um, but it's revenue from the digital channel side. But your question also touched on digital revenue overall. So in addition to the channel, let's touch on where digital is enabling differentiation on our products and what that looks like. Great. Our, our commercial team tracks digital enablement in our commercial pipeline. In many cases, this is about both Peter maintaining existing business while also growing uh, the business itself. And our pipeline on digital enabled solutions is healthy and growing. You know, fiscal year to date, we're approximately over $240 million of our revenues enabled from digital solutions on our packages. And our pipeline of digital related opportunities much larger than that. So that hopefully gives you some context. But uh, let's talk about an example here, Peter. So before we get into it, and then we'll talk about a key, key customer of ours and a key partner. Let's have some fun. So do you like, do you enjoy pizza? I Peter? love pizza. 
So my kids probably could eat it every day here. And, <laughs> you know, by some estimates, we Americans, so we eat over 3 billion pizzas a year. So Peter, as you can imagine, the amount of packaging tied to those pizzas. So one of our key customers who also makes amazing pizza is Domino's. So Westrock shared uh, with Domino's the results of a multi-phase grease study that we did, which was also third-party reviewed and determined that you know the, the grease and the residual cheese peter that gets left inside of the box, uh, it doesn't affect the ability of the box to be recycled. So our ability to create new packaging from that recycled material is important that that is something that consumers know about. So to increase the volume of recyclable fiber from pizza boxes, and then returning back into the circular economy, we created a digital solution in partnership with Domino's, enabling consumers so they can look up their local recycling guidelines. Um, and we're thankful to Domino's for partnering with us to promote the recyclability of pizza boxes because awareness, you know, we believe is the first step in getting, in this case, municipalities to rethink policies around what is acceptable. And as we've scaled this digital capability, we're now also working with Performance Food Group, a food service distribution company, which provides our boxes to locally owned these areas. They too are joining the effort to raise awareness of consumers. And Westrock, you know, on the note of Domino's, was recently selected as Domino's Supplier of the Year. And we're in the process of scaling the digital solution to improve sustainability. And like I said, Peter, you know, the impact potential is substantial with some estimates that we Americans eat, uh, as you said, 3 billion pizzas a year. Remarkable. And it starts, uh, it speaks a little bit to a, a topic I'd love to delve into more deeply. I know from our past conversations, you've talked about the profound role that digital plays in developing more seamless connection point with the supply chain as well. And, and what an interesting supply chain you have uh, to deliver all that you do. Talk a little bit about that role that digital plays in the supply chain, please. Sure. So as you digitize packaging, which we just talked about, it's to provide meaningful insights about the product that we carry inside the package. We're focused on three key areas here, Peter. Brand protection, consumer engagement, and supply chain visibility. And we'll touch on supply chain visibility since you, you, you asked about that. And I think if I remember correctly, according to the USDA and the United Nations uh, Food and Agriculture Organization, it's estimated that approximately 30% of the food is wasted in the United States and globally. We believe packaging can help address part of this problem by increasing shelf life, you know, tracking products, preventing tampering, and much more. And we're partnering with startups to provide continuous visibility and intelligence tracking on the package. So connected packaging, which is smart, it's data-rich, Peter, can help reduce spoilage, traceability, but also provide insights about the product on the package. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, let me share another internal example in terms of supply chain. So we talked about supply chain in terms of the package and its movement through the supply chain and the product it carries. But inside our company, we're also deploying data-driven intelligence to transform our internal supply chain. So for example, leveraging machine learning algorithms to route orders to specific factory floors, improving our freight costs, optimizing order placement, and I see, as I shared earlier, our focus on op is on you know, the operations experience, the teammate experience. It includes digitizing our supply chain and those predictive insights into our demand and supply signals for both our customer orders and then also, frankly, our internal materials that are needed for our own product manufacturing. Very interesting indeed. 
I know, again, from past conversations of ours, that you focus on building greater digital dexterity and acumen across the West Rock team. Uh, talk, if you would, about the methods that have worked best and, and how you think of uh, measure or how you even measure success uh, as to whether the methods are, are working. Yeah, we're excited about a journey ahead. And the methods that have worked best for us include, they're not limited to the following areas that come to mind. It's tech docs. It's now future next. We've developed a site that really starts with where are we today? Informed by megatrends, where's the future headed? And therefore, what are the next actions that we need to take? So, and you may think it's kind of, you know, flipped, but that actually, I think, informs you to think about the future as you inform your next steps. Um, and Westrock, we connect, you know, we have uh, connect stories that we share as well. And obviously things like hackathons and change management training, but we're building a more innovative culture. We have global forums where we talk about it and building it, frankly, a culture that uh, welcomes experimentation as you build these capabilities. Um, we're going to be doing more with digital customer conversations. So think of leadership sessions and direct employee collaboration sessions with customers which I think over time also upskill, right? The, uh, the acumen. And then we also have focused enterprise upskilling programs. But let's touch a little bit on the digital customer conversation. Many of my peers, who, Peter, you, you know well and you talk to, including those who happen to be our customers. So think in pharma, food, beverage, e-commerce and markets, they are also looking to partner with innovative digital suppliers. So what it does, it allows us to jointly accelerate work with forward-leaning innovative customers to frankly help them win in the marketplace with digital solutions and sustainable packaging. And that collaboration, we're gonna to continue to accelerate that. And your question on success, Peter, so we measure our success through adoption of digital capabilities and also realization of the value by our customers and within their organization. So as an example, you know, uh, AR, VR capabilities, uh, we've deployed them over 30 factories and they've frankly been accelerated during, during the pandemic. And what it does is it just allows our, our colleagues on the factory floor to get uh, remote support in the middle of the night or whenever needed on demand faster. On the customers, that's internal, Peter. On the customer side, you know, just in the last, uh, in the last several months, uh, we've had over 40 large customers, including some large customers, some small customers that are using XR design capabilities, AR, VR capabilities, uh, enabling kind of an interactive product design process with customers. And what I'm excited about this is this is really uh, the intersection of sales, marketing, commercial teams with our customers. And this need really accelerated by our sales and our marketing and our commercial team. So the capability and the adoption with digital you know, acumen being raised, I think it pulls those capabilities in a very meaningful way. And it translates into you know, making the experience with customers that much more effective and that much more uh, enjoyable. And I think the last thing is, you know, we also realize automations have been deployed to really improve the employee experience so that our folks, our, our teammates are not working on, you know, uh, where possible on higher value work and you can automate things. And we've seen several million dollars of productivity realized with things like robotic process automation and, and so on. That's excellent. I mentioned it at the top uh, that you were a former chief executive officer of a startup, a company called Cuprion, uh, for a time. And I wonder how having the ultimate responsibilities, the ultimate PL, uh, the need to be customer focused, how that has informed you as a technology and digital executive 
Uh, how has being a CEO in your past impacted the way in which you lead now as a CIDO? I think the customer perspective and the voice of the customer is incredibly important and amplifying that inside of the ITD organization. So both the voice of your stakeholders, right, within the company who we support and enable uh, from running operations, from serving our customers, but then also the voice of the customer. You have to amplify that in building really, you know, unique and uh, differentiated experiences with digital solutions. I think the other thing I would touch on, Peter, is, is having been in PL roles, including the one that you, you pointed out of uh, having the privilege of, of start and run a business, I value pace and scale. And I think it's important to strike a balance between you know, pace and skill. And sometimes it's about learning quickly with customers, your own customers, and figuring out which customers got the right appetite for those solutions. Um, so you can iterate those feedback loops faster. Something that I think is really important to measure and having the right KPIs so that those loops are part of your product development, product management strategy. Um, and I think the other thing I would say is that, you know, it's just, it's frankly leading amazing talented teams that leverage technology to accelerate the purpose of the business to build those competitive capabilities. And you've got to have some fun while you're at it. Um, and I would probably say, you know, having a bias for action when you're running a business, you're, especially when you're running a smaller business, smaller company, you're dealing with different constraints. And so sometimes it's better to get a no than a protracted long yes, especially when you're trying to validate your product, your solutions in the marketplace. Uh, that's a great response. Appreciate you your that reflection. I wanted to also, as you think thinking of startups, having uh, started a startup before and led one, uh, you also now uh, partner with startups in your current role. I know you've uh, even taken investment positions in them and board board seats in startups uh, in, in the present and past as well. Talk a bit about the importance of partnering with startups as establishing a better ecosystem to deliver all that you've described. Yeah, great question. You know, I would I would uh, recommend uh, to your read to your listeners uh, John Chambers. He has a podcast, and he also writes about this topic. And I think he does a great job covering this topic. Um, and a phenomenal leader. At the end of the day, you know, we we all have our core strengths in our businesses, and startups are often, in some cases, really leading breakthrough capabilities in, in different different areas. And part of what they're looking for also, like we discussed earlier, it's a similar model. They're looking for those partnerships to accelerate those feedback loops as they harden their products. Um, but we believe that they're a very important part of the ecosystem. You know, it's building an ecosystem that includes startups, includes academia, and includes our large, um, large partners, like the large technology companies that are out there. Um, but in some cases, to your point, Peter, we've also taken strategic interest in companies to accelerate them and to build a competitive advantage within our business, whether it's on the forefront of digital factories and applying machine learning and AI on the factory floor, or it's you know making the packages smarter. And so we're very much open to and continue to engage with startups. And uh, we would welcome any, you know, any startups that are in the space to uh, reach out and engage with us as we build these core strategic Areas of focus that we discussed in the conversation today, and, and talk a bit about the, your role as a board leader as well. You know, I mentioned that you've been on the board of organizations as diverse as Sight Machine, a company that leverages machine learning and AI to improve manufacturing quality and efficiency. Of Emory University in your backyard in Atlanta, being an Atlanta-based uh, 
um, executive and the Girl Scouts as well. Um, talk a bit about your, your board work, if you would. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm not on any public company board currently, but you know I have uh, had the privilege of serving in nonprofits, uh, academia, and an advisory board, and then private for-profit such as startups that you mentioned. You know, let's let's touch a little bit on. Um, at the end of the day, I think that you know, diversity is good for business. We touched on it very briefly, and I am I am very excited about my service at Girl Scouts. Since you mentioned Girl Scouts, let's talk about it. So. I would not be here if it wasn't for my, my, my own mother, right? Who encouraged me to tinker with green screen computers when we were younger, Peter. You may remember them. They're now sitting in museums. And I'm incredibly excited about supporting women in STEM fields. And frankly, that starts early, right? And there has been, um, you know, and when it comes to startup board roles to accelerate certain capabilities within our companies, we touched on that. From a board perspective, Peter, it's about areas that you're really passionate about. I genuinely believe that there's a lot of opportunities to serve. It's figuring out where you're passionate about. And I mentioned this earlier that the focus of my role is enabling those differentiated customer, stakeholder experiences, you know, operations experiences, teammates, and then solutions experiences. And so that translates from a board member perspective, right, in terms of driving value by guiding the organizations to, or supporting the organizations to transform those experiences. And in that process, in some cases, giving back to the community. That's fantastic. Right, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about trends that excite you. You've mentioned a few different trends uh, that, that, that you're exploring through some of the investments you're making. Uh, talk a bit about, as you contemplate your roadmap looking forward, what are some more trends that particularly excite you? Yeah, I think the one area that we didn't touch on, right, is probably 5G. And I think 5Gs you know, continue to play a profound role in our lives as it reduces the cost of connectivity, Peter. So I had the privilege in the past of being on an advisory board for one of the biggest telecoms in our, in our country you know, as it relates to 5G. And so I think the profound impact of 5G is gonna bring the you know, cost of connectivity down, whether it's your factory floor being more autonomous and automated, whether it's your product or your package that's moving through the supply chain that we talked about, Peter, or whether it's, uh, you know, it's the product itself. So I think the role of 5G is going to continue to be profound and it's going to allow us to do things like what we discussed in a, even a more accelerated way, such as smart packaging. I think the other thing, Peter, is that you know, packaging, is, in my opinion, is leading the way towards a closed loop economy where our portfolio is fully recyclable, which is part of our vision. And so another thing is continue to educate around sustainable forestry and how it's the cornerstone of responsible and renewable nature of fiber-based products. I think providing sustainable alternatives for those who want to reduce the use of plastics and packaging is also an important trend as you look to the future. Um, and you know, I, I'll touch back on you know, it's creating a workplace that's diverse, inclusive, where everyone feels safe, heard, valued, and has a sense of belonging, because I think that allows you to do you know extraordinary things when your team is fully engaged. So I'll pause there. That's great. Well, Amir Kazmi, thank you so much for sharing your perspectives, uh, a bit more about the fascinating business that you're in, but also ways in which you've, you and the team have leveraged technology and digital to accelerate the growth of the organization. It seems like an exciting time uh, to be at your company. Uh, thank you so much for a great conversation. Thank you for having me, Peter. This was fun.